Good morning. Welcome to the name of Jesus. Today, today is the first Sunday of Lent, and, and with us today, we have David, uh, better known as Moose, and uh, that is his nickname, and I'll let him tell you that story if he wishes to tell you that story. Um, he'll be here today. He, he's a member of one of our sister's churches in San Francisco, West Portal um, Lutheran Church, and he works with Jews for Jesus. And as you can tell, our altar is decorated a little bit different today. He's going to take us through the Seder meal. The, we know it as the Last Supper, as part of it, of Jesus. And he's going to share with us Christ um, in the Passover. We'll be doing that today. And then he'll be here afterwards. And for um, He has some things on the back table if you want to talk to him about that. He's going to be in the Bible study class. He's going to take us through some things there also. So we invite you all to, to stay for that also. So, David, I'm going to turn it over to you. Well, shalom, everybody. It's great to be back here at, at Trinity. Uh, so Kathleen, this is my lovely wife, Kathleen. Well, and you can see her picture there, but in person, she's right here. And uh, this is our third visit to Trinity to be part of the worship service, although I've been here five times prior to that, or in, in, uh, mingled in with all of that, because um, uh, the, I have the claim to fame of being able to say that I've slept in your church broiler room uh, at least four times. Um, and it's quite comfortable if you've never slept there uh, before. And now you wonder, well, why in the world would you be sleeping in the broiler room? Well, I snore and my campers prefer if I was separate from them. So I went in the broiler room. They slept in the gym. And uh, that's why uh, my, uh, my uh, nickname is Moose, uh, because uh, for 30 years I ran our children and youth programs with Jews for Jesus to raise up new generations of Jewish believers and Messiah. And Trinity would host us uh, on our way to Lake Shasta for houseboating every three years. So I know your facilities pretty well. Uh, and it's great to be here. And then Kathleen and I have been here two previous times. So if we were living anywhere near Reading, we would be members at Trinity Lutheran Church. It, and a number of you have already greeted us like long-lost family. So um, it's great to be here at Trinity. Thank you for having us. As Pastor Brian mentioned, we're members at West Portal Lutheran Church in San Francisco and uh, have been on staff with Jews for Jesus for 41 years. And Jews for Jesus, uh, the next slide I think is, uh, well, this is our family. Uh, We have two grown daughters, Virginia and Monica. Uh, Virginia is married to Joshua Vanderheide, who's pastor at Faith Lutheran Church in Carbondale, Colorado. And that picture was taken in Colorado this summer when our family got together. And then our other daughter, Monica, is married to Noah, and uh, he's pastor at uh, St. Paul Lutheran Church in Mountain View, uh, California. So that's a little bit about our family. And the next slide is that Jews for Jesus this year in 2023 is going to be 50 years old. Amazing. Our 50th anniversary, our jubilee year, and we're pretty excited about it with some of the ministry that we're going to be doing Uh, We've been privileged to be connected with Jews for Jesus, part of Jews for Jesus, for, uh, let's see, 43, no, uh, 47 out of those 40 
uh, out of those 50 years and on staff for 41 of those years. But anyway, uh, during the Bible class, I can tell you a little bit more about what our plans are for the 50th anniversary of Jews for Jesus. I can tell, uh, show you a video clip of what's going on with our staff in Ukraine and Russia uh, during this uh, difficult time and some other uh, reports on uh, what's happening with Jews for Jesus that I don't have time for now. Uh, in your bulletins this morning, you received an envelope, and if you would like to hear from us, uh, the next slide is um, we put together a prayer letter called Moose Tracks. Uh, my camp name is Moose, and we send it out three times a year. And if you would like to hear from us and know how to pray for us in our ministry, you can fill out that envelope, put it in the offering plate, and we'll be happy to send it to you. And if you would like to support our ministry, the next slide um, is that Kathleen and I raise our support uh, to serve on staff with Jews for Jesus. And whatever you give in the offering envelope, or if you want to do it uh, through electronics or whatever, uh, you could do so, and uh, that will enable us to continue doing what we're doing with our ministry. So there are three ways you can become involved with Jews for Jesus. First and foremost is to pray for us. And we uh, really would appreciate your prayers. Second way is to utilize our materials. And we have some literature and materials in the back. Uh, and uh, during the Bible class, uh, if you're interested in those. And then if you would like to support us, uh, you can do so through using the envelope. So thank you very much for having us. Thank you, David. Let's rise and sing opening hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Don't you know that a little yeast works through the whole batch of dough? Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed for us. Not by eating old leavened bread of wickedness and evil. Let us together make confession of our sins to God, our Heavenly Father. Merciful Father. God is gracious and forgiving. He has shown his merciful power in ways that renew, restore, and heal. To those who come to him with repentant and contrite hearts, our Lord says, fear not, and promises pardon, life, and salvation. As a called and ordained servant of Christ and by his authority, I therefore forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. As you believe, So may it be. As the Lamb of God, Jesus gave his life into death so that we might live eternally. His self-offering for us is a source of heartfelt praise and endless thanksgiving. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Jesus, the Messiah, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world. He was punished for our sins and suffered a shameful death to rescue us. Give us gratitude, dear Lord, and a great desire to serve you by taking up our own cross and following in the way of Jesus Christ, our Savior. One of the most beloved hymns of the Lenten season was composed in the 16th century, but has its roots in earlier Christian worship. The repetition of the simple, simple, powerful words brings a special sense of reflection of the passion of our Lord. With thoughtful devotion, we sing Lamb of God, Pure and Holy.
Let us pray. O Lord, you led your ancient people through the wilderness and brought them to the promised land. Guide the people of your church that following our Savior, we may walk through the wilderness of this world for the glory of the world to come. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Please be seated. The Old Testament reading is from Genesis 3, the fall. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. But God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of, your, eat of it with your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. And they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. God said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I had commanded you not to eat? The man said, The woman who you gave me, she gave me the fruit of the tree, and I ate it. Then the Lord said to the woman, What is this you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. The Lord said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go, and, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. To the woman he said, I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. And to Adam he said, because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till, the, till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and, you, and to dust you shall return. The man's 
The man called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. And the Lord God made for Adam and for his wife garments of skins and clothed them. This is the word of the Lord. The second reading is from Exodus 12. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month shall be for you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. Tell all the congregation of Israel that on the tenth day of this month, every man shall take a lamb according to their father's houses, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for a lamb, then he and his nearest neighbor shall take according to the number of persons, according to what each can eat to make eat. You shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male, a year old. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats, and you shall keep it until the 14th day of this month, when the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill their lambs at twilight. Then they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and the lintel of the houses in which they eat it. They shall eat the flesh that might that night, roasted on fire, with unleavened bread and bitter herbs they shall eat it. Do not eat any of it raw or boiled in water, but roasted, its head with its legs and its inner parts. And you shall let none of it remain until morning. Anything that remains until the morning you shall burn, and in this manner you shall eat it. With your belt fastened, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. This is the word of the Lord. To please rise for the reading of the Holy Gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 22nd chapter. Then came the day of unleavened bread, on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. So Jesus sent Peter and John, saying, Go and prepare the Passover for us, that we may eat it. They said to him, Where will you have us prepare it? He said to them, Behold, when you have entered the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him into the house that he enters, and tell the master of the house, the teacher says to you, Where is the guest room, and where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large upper room furnished. Prepare it there. And they went and found it just as he had told them, and they prepared the Passover. This is the gospel of the Lord. Please be seated as we sing the Tree of Life. And if we have any children, they might like to come up to the front pews so they can see the presentation of Christ in the Passover.
girl who the hero of Passover is, after giving credit to the Lord, they would certainly say Moses. And that's true, but it's not the whole truth. You see, if you were to ask a Jewish boy or girl who knows the Messiah that very same question, their answer would be Jesus. Now, perhaps you're wondering, what does Jesus have to do with Passover? Passover is Jewish. Well, so was Jesus. And not only did he celebrate the Passover every year while he dwelt among us on the earth, but I believe he's clearly pictured in all the symbols of Passover and in the story of Passover itself. For the message of Passover is the promise of redemption, and the story of Passover is the story of our liberation for bondage, uh, the bondage of sin. So this morning, as I explain this traditional Passover setting, it's my hope that you'll see it as more than just a simple explanation of a commemorative meal, but that you'll view it as I view it, as an object lesson of the life and mission of the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Now, Passover is mentioned throughout Scripture. Uh, in our, one of our Old Testament readings today was the account of Passover from Exodus, and also the Gospel reading was one of four Gospel readings through all four Gospels of the Passover account, which we know as the Last Supper. And one of the reoccurring themes throughout Passover is the theme of preparation. And preparation is an important and essential part of Passover, Because Passover is one of the seven feasts of Israel recorded in Leviticus 23, and they all point to God's plan of redemption. And it's woven throughout throughout Scripture and throughout history that God's plan has always been to save us. This preparation process is essential for Passover because the Feast of Unleavened Bread is also at the same time as Passover And during that one-week period of time, there can be no leaven found in a Jewish home or consumed by Jewish people. Leaven in the Bible, over and over again, is referred to as a symbol of sin. Uh, In our readings uh, and responsive reading today, we uh, we even recited one of of Paul's writings about purging out the old leaven, that you may be a new lump as you truly are unleavened. Leaven represents sin and to purge it out, to get rid of it. So in an observant Jewish home, even weeks before Passover, there's a preparation process that goes on to make sure that the home is clean and ready for Passover. All the leaven has to be removed from the home. And this is is the man's responsibility. But uh, the men have created a rather interesting loophole around that. I'll explain that in a minute. But uh, the first thing that needs to be done is all the leaven products are removed from the home. Uh, the breads, the cakes, the pies, the donuts, the baking soda, the yeast, the Twinkies, whatever has leaven in it has to be removed. These are put into a paper sack or a cardboard box, taken over to a Gentile friend or neighbor's house, and then the house is cleaned spick and span, top to bottom, to make sure that there's no leaven to be found. And so this preparation process is going on, and it's very thorough, and it's been done. And then uh, approaching Passover, Passover begins at sundown the night before. All Jewish holidays, the Sabbath, always begin at night, uh, sundown the night before. In this case, for Passover, it's known as Heir of Pesach, the evening of the first night of Passover. Before sundown, the head of the household would come home from wherever he's been that day, 
working, playing golf, fishing, whatever he's been doing, he will come home and then he will take three heavy-duty cleaning items to make sure that his home is clean and ready for Passover. And ladies, this is the, where the loophole comes in uh, because he has to get credit for cleaning the house. He's going to take a wood spoon, a feather, and a white linen cloth, and he's going to go on a search for the hummets, a search for the leaven. Now, the woman has done an absolutely superb job of cleaning her home, and he's going to come away empty-handed, so she's done him a favor. She's hidden a little crumb of leaven somewhere in the house, and it's up to him to find it. It could be anywhere. It could be um, uh, underneath the bed, on top of the refrigerator, behind the curtains. He has to find it, and so he goes on the search for the hummets, and then lo and behold, he finds it. And he's so excited, but he doesn't need to be because the leaven has been hidden in the same place the year before, the year before that, and the year before that. Just a formality, so the loophole, so he can get credit for cleaning the house. So he takes the wood spoon in one hand, the feather in the other, sweeps up the leaven, wraps it in the white uh, cloth, wiping the sweat off his brow from having worked so hard. Uh, Not really. And then uh, fire is lit, and he throws the bundle of leaven into the fire to be burned. So the symbol of sin is destroyed. The home is clean and ready for Passover. And the family gathers together. Passover is a family celebration. I'm sure glad I'm here at Trinity again. See, um, the the word for family in Hebrew is mishpoka, okay? You're my mishpoka, and you just didn't even know that, okay? So we are mishpoka. The Passover is a mishpoka event, a family event. It is the main holiday of the whole year. So like in Jewish homes, uh, we think, well, for Thanksgiving or Christmas, you know, our family coming in, who's fixing what, who's hosting it, all of that. Well, for Jewish people, that's Passover. Passover is the family gathering time. And so whoever's hosted that year, uh, the head of the household, the father, the grandfather, would call the mishpoka, the family together and say, Passover is ready, come and eat. And then we would all be seated around this table. Now, we're far too large of a mishpoka here this morning to be seated around this table, but just imagine it, okay? So we're all seated around the table, ready to begin the celebration of Passover, which is called a Seder. And Seder means set order or liturgy. For us Lutherans, we are completely comfortable with Passover. There's an order of service that is carried out uh, during this celebration, and it's contained here in this book, which is called Haggadah. Haggadah means the telling. In this case, it means the telling of the Passover story. So we're all seated around the table, ready to begin this celebration. And each of us would have a chair with a pillow in it. And the reason why we would have a pillow in our chairs, and oh, you don't even, we don't even have uh, padded pews here, okay? You're going to have to really uh, imagine comfort, okay? So uh, everybody needs to be comfortable to be able to relax and recline because at the first Passover, the people were commanded to eat with their loins girded, sandals on their feet, staves in their hands, and ready to flee Egypt at a moment's notice. They didn't have time to relax and recline. So uh, now we would, because uh, the people have been freed from the bondage of slavery in Egypt, we can relax and enjoy ourselves during Passover. And having been an acolyte growing up, I need to take care of Alistair here. 
Alistair, you are the honorary bearer of the pillow, okay? So use this however you want, Alistair. Behind your back, uh, you sit on it, hug it, whatever you want, but be nice and comfortable, Alistair, okay? Because you're the honorary bearer of the pillow. All of you just pretend you have a pillow. Okay, so we're all seated around the table. Um, Before I read the first portion of the Haggadah, though, I'm going to call up my wife, Kathleen. Uh, She's uh, the head of the woman of the household. And remember, the woman has been roped into cleaning the house uh, and kind of tricked. And and so uh, now the woman gets honored. And the woman would put a white cloth over her head as a sign of being reverent before God. If you've ever seen an observant Jewish male wear a kippah or a yarmulke, that's to cover one's head to honor God. So she covers her head and lights the lights of Passover and says a blessing over them. I light these in advance just to make sure they light uh, during the service. I didn't let it burn down far enough. And I think it's very fitting and appropriate that it's the woman's honor to light these lights. For it wasn't through man nor the seed of man that the light of the world came into the world but rather it's through the seed of woman and the will of God that Jesus, our light of the world, came into the world. So now the Haggadah is opened up, and everybody in the, the service would have a Haggadah, and it's usually a printed-up pamphlet, uh, sometimes a book like this. This is a fancier Haggadah. And uh, one of the first portions uh, that is read is this. All manner of leaven that is in my possession, whether I've seen it or not seen it, whether I've searched it out or not searched it out, shall be regarded as null and be common property, even as the dust of the earth. And all that this means is if for some reason there's still a little speck of leaven somewhere in the house that's been missed, now the head of the household's considered it null and void, even as the dust of the earth, and they're ready to begin their Seder. Incorporated with this celebration is a meal, and so we would have a place setting before us, and then we would have a cup that's filled four times during the Seder. Each time we fill our cup with the fruit of the vine and then drink of it, it goes by a different name. So I just put four cups out here to represent those fillings. The first time it's called the cup of blessing. Second time, cup of affliction or cup of plagues. Third time is the cup of redemption. This is the most important cup in Passover. I'll get back to that later. And the fourth and final time is the cup of praise. So at this point, we would all fill our cups with the fruit of the vine, and the head of the household would say a blessing over the cup. Baruch atah Adonai, Eloheinu melech ha'olam, amen. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who creates the fruit of the vine, amen. And then we would drink of the first cup. Now, I don't know if you had been um, told in advance, but a Seder lasts anywhere from three to four hours in length. So none of you had plans later on this morning. Uh, Okay, I'm just kidding. We're not going to do that, okay? We're going to do the abbreviate. That's why you're not getting the meal this morning, okay? Uh, So we're going to do the abbreviated version. But kids, 
I'm so glad you're here because Passover isn't anywhere near as fun without kids, okay? So I am really, really happy you're here. In fact, the adults are really happy you're here too because uh, there are traditions that are carried out during the Seder to keep people's interest. Now, one of them is we would have to determine who the youngest person at the table is. And I think it might be one of these young ladies up in the front how old are you? Eight. And how old are you? Nine. And how old are you? Nine. Then you are eight, and I believe you are the youngest person at our table. I believe, unless there's a little girl back there. Oh, wait a second. Five. Back there. Okay, somebody in the back. Oh, no, there's one younger? Two. Okay. Well, it didn't take that long. Uh, how, um, and what is the two-year-old's name? Sawyer. Okay, Sawyer is the youngest person at the table. Sawyer is the one who gets to ask the four questions to, about Passover to either his dad or his grandpa, okay? And the four questions, well, I'll help Sawyer out, okay? Nobody worry. Okay, Sawyer's first question, and they're all centered around it, basically why, why is this night different from all other nights? You know, like, why are we doing all of this? Now, one of them is, uh, why, why are we reclined instead of, of uh, standing or uh, sitting in a regular way? And it's because the people had to be freed and rescued out of Egypt, and they're free now. Uh, they're no longer slaves. The other one has to do with why on this night do we eat only unleavened bread? Normally, we eat either leaven or unleavened. And that's because leaven is a symbol of sin. And the other questions are tied around uh, the elements that the people uh, use during the Seder. Why on this night do we uh, eat bitter herbs? And why do we dip the sop in salt water? Well, to answer these, help answer these two questions, I want to show you this plate. And despite its appearance, this is not a double egg holder. This is a Seder plate, and each one of these compartments contain the elements of redemption that the people use during the Seder. The first is called carpus or greens. This is parsley, or you can use lettuce, and it represents um, the, the bitter herb, and it also represents life. Uh, parsley's a little bit bitter. And what you do is you take a sprig of the parsley representing life, dip it into salt water, which represents tears, and then eat it. And this represents that life is immersed and surrounded in tears. And life without redemption is truly immersed and surrounded in tears. The next item on the plate is the bitter root. And this is a whole onion, or you can use a horseradish root. And it symbolizes that it's through pain and sin we enter the world, therefore the bitter root of life. The third item on the plate is called the maror, or the bitter herb. This is freshly ground horseradish. And what we do is we break off a piece of matzah, the unleavened bread, and then we dip it into the maror, the bitter herb. Um, this is the real bitter herb. Uh, we dip it in there, a rather healthy dosage, and then we eat it. Now, some of you, by the looks on your face, are familiar with what happens when you do that with horseradish. <laughs> At my first Seder, I didn't really grow up with horseradish or something like that, and I was trying to get out 911 or something like that, but, you know, because it really, it really hits you. You get the shooting pain through your skull, your eyes are watering, your, your nose is running. I know kids, it is, it's, it's awful. 
Um, and, and then you're, you're trying to figure out why in the world did I do this to myself? Well, the people are supposed to identify with their ancestors in Egypt who had to suffer through the bitterness of slavery in Egypt. So when you do that, yeah, that's what happens. The next item we have on our plate, and uh, any of you uh, in the front row or back there, kids, if you want to come up and try this afterwards, help yourself. This is called Heroseth. Heroseth is delicious. Now, this is just chopped apple. might have a little bit of cinnamon in it, but Heroseth can have chopped apples, cinnamon, honey, grape juice, a little bit of nuts, forms a really sweet mixture, and it represents brick mortar, what people made bricks out of. And you wonder, well, why would somebody eat that? Uh, well, the, bitter, uh, the, the bricks, even though they were made by the slaves, uh, because they're free now, there's a sweetness to it. And so, uh, and so what you would do is break off another piece of matzah, dip it into the haroseth, and then eat of it. And then usually you don't even stop eating it. It's so delicious. Come up here afterwards and help yourself. Okay, and then the next item on the plate is the hagiga or the roasted egg. This roasted egg on the plate reminds us of the early morning daily temple sacrifices the people had before the destruction of the temple in AD um, uh, in AD 70. And uh, now that there are no more, uh, there's no more temple, there are no more sacrifices. And so this is a solemn time and a festive occasion. And we would take a piece of the egg and dip it into salt water, which represents tears, and then we would eat of it. And the last item is the zoroa, or the shank bone of a lamb. And this also reminds us of those sacrifices. But since there are no more sacrifices, lamb is not even eaten in Jewish homes during Passover because there are no more sacrifices. But to we who believe in Jesus, lamb is very appropriate during Passover because our Passover lamb has come, Jesus the Messiah. At this point, we would fill our cup for the second time, and this is called the cup of affliction or the cup of plagues. After we fill it and before we drink of it, we would partially empty it out drop by drop onto our plates, reciting the plagues that the Egyptians had to suffer. Blood, frogs, gnats, flies, cattle disease, hail, darkness, slain of the firstborn. And we would partially empty it because in Jewish tradition, a full cup represents complete joy. And the Jewish people then and now do not rejoice over the fact that the Egyptians had to suffer for their freedom. And so after we had partially emptied it, we would drink of the second cup. Now, one of the other traditions uh, that, is, uh, that takes place besides the four questions is, uh, involves this piece of cloth here, and this is called the matzah tosh. Matzah is the unleavened bread of Passover. Kids, doesn't, ladies, doesn't this look like a big cracker, a jumbo cracker? Well, it's matzah, flatter than a pancake, without leaven. This is what you would eat in place of bread products for a whole week. Matzah sandwiches, uh, fried matzah with cinnamon and sugar, pretty good. Uh, uh, break up matzah, put it in milk, uh, put it in eggs. And you have matzah and eggs. You have sandwiches with it. You have all kinds of things for a week. Nothing but matzah. So you have to make it work. And then tosh is of Germanic origin, meaning purse, pocket, or compartment. This matzah tosh is divided up into three compartments. Each compartment contains a piece of matzah, and it forms a unity. I'll tell you more about that later. But before the meal is eaten, the head of the household would open up the matzotosh and break it in half, 
uh, the matzah, a piece of matzah, half would go back into the matzah tosh, and half would be wrapped in a white cloth. And then this would be hidden or buried. Now, I, ladies, I can't take the time to do it, but it's kind of like an Easter egg hunt. It is super exciting. So it's hidden, and then you have to find it, and there's all kinds of things going on. Oh, is it fun? Anyway, so that's another thing to keep people's interest. So the afikoman has been hidden, and now the meal would be eaten. And, of course, we're doing the abbreviated version, so we're not going to do that now. But after the meal has been eaten, that's when the children go and try and find the afikoman. And you ladies wouldn't have any idea. Sawyer, nobody would know where it is. But then the, uh, your dad or grandpa would dismiss you and say, go and find the afikoman. And then you'd be running or walking real fast all over the house trying to see if you could find it. And then one of you would find it and you would bring it back and you would give it to the, your grandpa or your dad and you would get a grand prize selected especially for you, a round trip ticket for two to Disneyland. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding, but you would get a toy or a prize, a little bit of money, but it has to be bought back. It has to be redeemed. And so after it had been found and brought back, the head of the household would unwrap it out of the white cloth and break it into all its size pieces and give a piece to each of us at the table, and we would eat of the afikoman. Then we would fill our cups for the third time, and this is the cup of redemption. This is the most important cup in our Seder. It's the focal point. It's the one that reminds the people of the blood of the Passover lamb that provided the the passing over of the angel of death and gave life. And so after we had filled our cups for the third time, we would drink of the cup of redemption. Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, was celebrating Passover with his disciples in the upper room. And after the meal, Jesus took the bread, and after giving thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples, and he said, Take and eat. This is my body, which has been given for you. And they ate of the bread. In the same manner also, Jesus took the cup after the meal, the third cup, the cup of redemption, the most important cup in Passover, the one that reminded he and his disciples of the blood of the Passover lamb that provided redemption. And after giving thanks, Jesus said, Take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood which has been shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And they drank of the third cup, the cup after the meal. Right in the midst of their Seder, their Passover celebration in the upper room that evening, Jesus instituted communion. And he did so to send his disciples a very clear message. And dear Mishpoka, that message is for us this morning. As we prepare our hearts to receive his true body and blood for the forgiveness of our sins, to remind it that he has redeemed us, he has rescued us, he has provided us the redemption that we could never do for ourselves. So he, uh, he was telling them, I love you and I'm providing you with a way of escape, a way of redemption. And... Dear Mishpoka, that's what he offers us this morning as well. There's some interesting things about <clears throat> the matzotosh and then about uh, the fruit of the vine itself. The fruit of the vine that fills each cup reminds us of Jesus because it's served red and room temperature to remind everybody at the table of the blood of the Passover lamb 
and Jesus' blood was shed for us on the cross for our sins. And the matzotosh reminds us of Jesus. It's, uh, it's three matzahs in the tosh uh, to form a unity. Some rabbis say it represents the unity of the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Others say it represents the unity of worship, the priests, the Levites, and the people. But to we who believe in Jesus, this unity represents a far greater unity, a triunity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And do you think it's any coincidence in Jewish homes all over the world this year during Passover, the head of the household before the meal is going to open up this matzah to the middle compartment, take out that second piece of matzah and break it in half. Half goes back into the matzah and half is wrapped in the white cloth and hidden or buried. And that piece that has been hidden or buried is the same one that must be brought back that must be resurrected in order for the Seder to continue. And as that same piece, after it has been redeemed, is unwrapped out of the white cloth and broken into olive-sized pieces and given to each person at the table with the third cup, the cup of redemption, so clearly is Christ seen in the Passover. Now there's another cup here on the table, and this is reserved for the prophet Elijah. Because according to Jewish tradition, Elijah must come back in order to announce the coming of Messiah. So at this time in the Seder, the children would go and open the door and see if this year Elijah is going to come. And each year and in the Seder, the children go and open the door and Elijah's not there. And this year when they go and open the door, they're going to be disappointed again because Elijah's still not going to be there. How do I know? Because the scriptures clearly state that one has come in the power and spirit of Elijah, that being John the Baptist. And when John was baptizing people in the Jordan River, he looked up and he saw Jesus and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. One has come in the power and spirit of Elijah to tell the people then and us now that Jesus, the Lamb of God, has come to save us from our sin. And we conclude our Seder by filling our cup for the fourth and final time. And this is the cup of praise. It's the Lenten season. We just just observed Ash Wednesday a few days ago. And now we've begun Lent. Uh, And normally we refrain from Alleluia. Because it's a time of reflection on what God has done for us through Jesus. I'll take a little bit of liberty here to say that the fourth cup here is the cup of praise. The Hebrew word for praise is hallel. It's where we get hallelujah, which is Hebrew for praise the Lord. You know more Hebrew than you think. And though we are in the Lenten season, we still know what happens a little less now than 40 days from now. We know the rest of the story. And at the end, when we uh, hear Christ is risen and Christ is risen indeed, we can certainly say hallelujah because God has done for us what we could never do for ourselves. And we have all gratitude and praise to him for what he has done for us because in Jesus, he has truly allowed us to pass over from death to life. Let us sing the Lamb, hymn 547.
Please rise. Let us pray. As we begin our observance of Lent, Lord, Lord, we pray, lead us not into temptation. Assure us that you are with us in every place and defend us from assaults of the evil one. Help us to treasure the cross in our hearts as it reveals your loving purpose and enable us to show our thankful for our full salvation in lives that are wholly given to your service. Lord, in your mercy. Support and ever defend your church, purchased with the precious blood of Christ. Strengthen your faithful people through the world, through the word that is able to make us wise unto salvation. Grant us every blessing through the holy sacraments, making us perfect in love and in, in all good works, especially to those of the household of faith. Lord, in your mercy. Grant your wisdom and heavenly grace to all pastors and to those who hold office or discharge responsibility in your church, that by their devoted service, faith may be nurtured and your kingdom increase. We pray for officers of congregations and all those who serve in groups and on committees and individually where the tasks completed are often visible only to you. Lord, in your mercy. Into a world that is dark and often hostile, send the light of your truth. Raise up faithful and courageous servants of Christ to advance the gospel, both at home and in urban and suburban and rural settings, and also in the distant lands and around the globe. And especially David and Kathleen and and their ministry um, with the Jews for Jesus as they bring Christ to this world. Lord, in your mercy. Preserve our nation in justice and honor, that we may lead safe and peaceful lives. Grant health and favor to all who bear office in our land, especially the president and Congress, the governor and legislature of this state, and to all those who make, administer, and judge our laws. Help them to serve the people in their areas of responsibility according to your holy will. Lord, in your mercy. Bestow your blessings on the schools of the church and upon the seminaries, colleges, universities, and centers of research, and those who teach and work in them. Sanctify our homes with your presence and bless them with joy. Maintain our children in the covenant of their baptism and enable their parents or other family caregivers to bring them up in lives of faith and devotion. Unite the members of all families in a spirit of affection and service that may show your praise in our land and in all the world. Lord, in your mercy. Bless us in each season, Lord. Let your blessing remain upon seed time and harvest, commerce and industry, leisure and rest, and the arts and culture of our people. Take under your special protection those who work in difficult or dangerous, and be with all who put their hands to any useful task. Give them just rewards for the labor and the knowledge that their work is a blessing in your sight. Lord, in your mercy. By your word and Holy Spirit, comfort all who are in, in sorrow, especially Bob Games' family, those in sickness or adversity, and those we lift up to you in our hearts now.
bring consolation to those in sorrow and grant to all with special needs a full measure of your love, taking them into your tender care. Enable us to be instruments of care according to your will. Lord, in your mercy. We remember with affection and gratitude those who have loved and served you in your church on earth, who now rest from their labors. Keep us in fellowship with all your saints and bring us at last to the joys of your heavenly kingdom. Lord, in your mercy. All these things and whatever else you know that we need, grant us, Father, for the sake of him who died and rose again and now lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. We sing hymn 451, Stricken, Smitten, and Afflicted. Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. Lift up your hearts to the Lord. 
Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly good, right and salutary, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, O Lord, Holy Father, almighty and everlasting God, for the countless blessings you so freely bestow on us and all creation. Above all, we give thanks for your boundless love shown to us when you sent your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, into our flesh and laid on him our sin, giving him into death that we might not die eternally. Because he is now risen from the dead and lives and reigns to all eternity, all who believe in him will overcome sin and death and will rise again to new life. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, ever praising you and saying... Blessed are you, Lord of heaven and earth, for you've had mercy on those whom you created and sent your only begotten Son into our flesh to bear our sin and be our Savior. With repentant joy, we receive the salvation accomplished for us by the all-availing sacrifice of his body and his blood on the cross. Gathered in the name and the remembrance of Jesus, we beg you, O Lord, to forgive, renew, and strengthen us with your word and spirit. Grant us faithfully to eat his body and drink his blood, as he bids us do in his own testament. Gather us together, we pray, from the ends of the earth, to celebrate with all the faithful the marriage feast of the Lamb in his kingdom, which has no end. Graciously receive our prayers. Deliver and preserve us to you alone, O Father. Be all glory, honor, and worship with the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. He gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he also took the cup. And after having given thanks, he gave it to his disciples and said, Take, drink, this is the cup of the New Testament of my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sin. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. As often as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. O Lord Jesus Christ, only Son of the Father, in giving us your body and blood to eat and to drink, you lead us to remember and confess your holy cross and passion, your blessed death, your rest in the tomb, your resurrection from the dead, your ascension into heaven, and you're coming for the final judgment. So remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father.
The peace of the Lord be with you always.
Please rise. Let us pray. 
Blessed are you, Heavenly Father, King and King Eternal, for you have once again fed and nourished us at your table through the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ, who is the way, the truth, and the life. Strengthen us through this gracious meal that we may live with purpose, confidently resist temptation, and through acts of mercy share your blessings. Support us in this life and bring us at last to the unending feast in your eternal kingdom where you live and reigns with the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. We sing, O oh Love, How Deep, hymn 544.
Amen. Please be seated. David, Kathleen, thank you, wherever Kathleen is. She's back at the table. Um, so, stay. Go, well, go into the narthex and see uh, Dave and Kathleen's tables. It has tons of books, tons of stuff on there, and you want to go see it. And then you can also talk with him and ask questions. But eventually, he's going to move into the fellowship hall. And so then go grab your coffee and your snack, and he will share a ton more stuff with us. So please stay. And uh, even if you haven't stayed before, this is a great time to stay today. It's a little cold outside, a little warmer inside. It's probably snowing now, so just stay. You know, it's all a good thing. Do you have any announcements that we need to mention? Laura? So next Sunday, you have seen in the bulletin, the flyer, on the Capel singers from um, Concordia University of Chicago. And afterwards, there's going to be a potluck. So I um, am anticipating a good old-fashioned feed for these beautiful children. How many kids are coming, Pastor? About 30, 40, 50? <laughs> 30. Yeah. A lot are coming, and so we need plenty of food, of your casseroles, your salads, and I probably will be giving you a call. So that's next Sunday, March 5th at 4 p.m. Bring your neighbor, and then a potluck afterwards. And then one other thing is um, we are supporting a Trinity Lutheran Church is supporting a seminary student. Jeffrey Taft is, is his name, and more information is going to be coming on that. But we are gathering um, the support money um, for our Lent soup suppers. There'll be a little basket, and we can um, take this money and give special gifts and presents and birthday acknowledgement um, to Jeffrey Tate Taft. Jeffrey Taft. Thank you. So it's actually Tuft. Tuft. T-U-F-T. That's okay. And uh, just to, to let you know, Jeffrey's in a, in a, he's actually now Pastor Jeffrey. He's in a special program through the Synod that the Synod has. It's called the SMP, Special Ministry Pastor. And, and the way that, that program works, it's, it's a four-year program like, like it is for all pastors. But he serves two years um, being mentored uh, by, by a pastor. And, and then he gets ordained. That's why he's pastor. And we ordained him two weeks ago. Um, he is going to be taking care. He's in our circuit. He's take, going to be taking care of our congregation in Oroville and our congregation in Gridley. So we put him right to work taking care of two congregations that need a pastor. So where he has been ordained and he's a pastor, he still has two years worth of school to go. And, and so as the, the committee was trying to figure out who, who we should do, uh, support, I suggested, well, even though he's been ordained now and, and congregation, the two congregations are going to be giving some funds and helping him with his education, he still has costs. And if we can relieve that at all in any way, it would be an incredible blessing for him as he blesses those two congregations and the rest of our circuit. So keep, keep uh, uh, Pastor Jeff um, in your prayers, too, and both congregations, too, because it's a new thing for them. 
as they, they start this journey together. Hello, I'm Vicki Nethery with the Fellowship. We also have a Trinity working, uh, walking, uh, Trinity Walkers, let's start over. <laughs> Trinity Walkers are inviting you to meet at the Turtle Bay at the entrance of the parking lot of the bridge, on the bridge, uh, uh, March 4th on Saturday. And so we'll meet at 1 o'clock p.m., um, the trails are just a great way to have fellowship and to be able to meet and get to know each other. So thank you. I hope you guys come. Heather? Okay, then uh, before I hand the mic over to David, if I can say any words, um, I will send all of you a note this week who are housing the choir that's coming to see us so you don't forget and I will give you an outline of your responsibilities, which is basically get them home and put them in bed or let them party at home with you if you want. Um, but have them back at the church the next morning. Feed them breakfast in the morning and have them back at church by 730 uh, the next morning. So in case I forgot to tell you that one ahead of time, now you know and you can get your sleep. And then I will, uh, but I'll send you a reminder during the week. Thank you. That's it. Okay. Let's go in peace and serve the Lord.